Coffee with Colby, episode seven. Let's go. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to today's episode of Coffee with Colby. It's a show about helping you put your best foot forward on your professional path. In the time it takes to enjoy a cup of coffee, we cover the challenges that crop up in the workplace and how to balance your career and your personal life. This is all the stuff that you need to know they didn't teach you in school. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Colby Reed, and this is my show. Now, I'm recording this episode just after returning from a few days away in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. The wife and I went away for a bit, a few days. Uh, Amidst the hustle and bustle of our daily routines, we like to take a couple of days here and there. We shut off our cell phones, except, of course, for FaceTime sessions with the kiddo. We ignore our inboxes. We lay out in the sun. We enjoy some nice meals. Really, we found that's kind of the ticket for us to recharge our batteries. We try to do it at least once or twice a year. Now, as I was laying by the pool this weekend, it occurred to me that this country has a big problem when it comes to vacations, and it's a subject we have to get into on this show. So today, I want to talk about why vacations are so important and why we need to stop taking breaks that are masquerading as vacations. I'm going to share a few examples of my own path as to how I kind of fell into that no vacation trap and what it meant for me professionally. And then I'm going to share some tips on how you can use every single minute of vacation time you get every year without sacrificing your growth results, your career trajectory, anything like that. So let's start with first why vacations are important in the first place. Across the board, professionals in the United States don't take nearly enough time off. Every year, there are studies published about the countless vacation hours that go unused over the previous year. It's no secret. It's, it's almost like vacation is a naughty word in the workplace. In a way, it makes sense, particularly in the working climate of the last decade or so. If you think about it, the economy right now feels like it's in decent shape. But for so many years, we were all led to believe that our livelihood could disappear in a moment's notice. So we always had to go that extra mile for the company. We had to work a few extra hours, put off that trip to Jamaica, do everything that we possibly could to prove that we were committed to the company. It, it, it reminds me a lot of that scene in Office Space when at Inatech they hang that banner in the middle of the office and says, is this good for the company? Regardless of, of what it's good for you, whether it's good for the customer, is this decision good for the company? Uh, we've, we've kind of fell into that with our vacations. You know, We will take vacation, we will take vacation, time if it is in no way an inconvenience to our team or our managers or our bosses or our customers or or anyone. And, and frankly, that's never going to be the case. The data gets even more concerning when you look at younger professionals because younger professionals are far more likely to feel overwhelmed at work because of a sense that they have to be plugged in 24-7. This is a group that graduated into a horrible job market, and many members of this generation are saddled with crushing student loans debt. Uh, so you couple this with the fact that millennials, Gen Y, Gen Z, all of this, all of this, this group were raised as the gold star generation. We were told all through school how special we were, And then we get to the workplace and that's hardly the reality. You have this generation more terrified than any other to lose their jobs, craving any sort of recognition that they are above average, that they're doing good. And you wind up with the cohort of professionals who can never set work down. They are constantly on call. They are constantly taking on extra projects. They're going to work 9, 10, 11, 12 hours a day, every day. They're going to be online on the weekends. Anything they can to be told 
you're doing good, you're you're on track, you've you've got a good job, you're 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 safe. Safe, safety. That's what they're going for. Now in short bursts, this kind of work is good. When you're working on a big project, it looks like uh, it, it's good to be buckled down with your team. In a, in a lot of ways, that can actually be fun and invigorating. But when you do this all the time, it's like trying to run a marathon at a sprint pace. You are absolutely going to burn out. And burnout is a recognized condition that crops up when an employee is just flat run down. You've probably experienced burnout if you've gone through finals week, especially if you've gone through a finals week at a college or university. Uh, It's that sensation of being completely and totally exhausted. You don't care about work anymore. You have no motivation. The quality of your work is suffering. Your mental health is suffering. There's a lot of connections between burnout and things like depression and anxiety, other mental health issues. Flat out, you just need a break. And research shows that this is also one of the leading causes of job dissatisfaction and career change. Someone really good at their work, they overdo it for too long, they put in too many long hours, they take on too many projects, they can't ever downshift, and instead of looking at it as, I have to reduce the amount of work that I'm doing, the mentality becomes, this job and this company is expecting me to work 11, 12 hours a day, and I just can't do it anymore, so I'm going to go work for this other, this other organization. They throw their hands in the air and walk away. This is not good for the employee. As I said, burnout can be associated with a number of mental health issues like depression and anxiety. I personally have dealt with those myself. Um, I know how big of a challenge they can be and the stigma that can be attached to that, particularly when it's tied to workplace performance. Um, But beyond the impact on the individual employee, it's also horrible for the employer because as the work product suffers, they then have to deal with, uh, with, with, with poor work product and they also have to deal with turnover in key roles because those employees, as I said, at a certain point, just reach a breaking point and, and walk away. The good news is burnout can be cured in a sense, temporarily at least. I can't say that it's not going to come back, but you can address the symptoms in that moment because overwhelmingly research shows that when someone is suffering from burnout... Getting away from work for a few days or a week or two does wonders for clearing out those cobwebs and serves as a recharge, a reset, a a period of restoration. This is something everyone should be doing. But we don't take vacations. We take breaks. Tell me if these scenes sound familiar to you. When I was a reporter, I wanted to prove to my team that I ate, slept, and breathed the news business. I wanted to stay on top of every story and demonstrate that I was tracking on all of this all of the time. So I would do this by chiming in whenever I could with a story angle or idea, no matter the time of day or night. My bosses appreciated that I was constantly churning out creative ideas, but to be honest, I'd say that less than half of anything I threw out actually got used. Usually it was more like 20 or 30%, which is... I mean, it's not a stellar batting average. Um, you know, it's, it was a lot of ideas, but not a lot. It, w- it was more of a quantity over quality approach. Uh, and to feed into this image that I was so dedicated to my team, I never stopped watching my email. I would log off after our show, immediately be looking at my phone for any messages the minute I got home, and then checking every 10 minutes until I went to bed. It drove my wife nuts. The minute I woke up, I would be right back on my phone. And this, I will admit, is something I still do. My alarm goes off. My, I use my phone for my alarm. My alarm goes off. I, I hit the stop button and I immediately flip it open and check my email to see if there's some big breaking project or story or something that's happened over the night that I need to be aware of. 
Then I'll be checking my email several times throughout the morning while I'm at the gym, making breakfast, you know, getting ready, whatever, just to stay up to date in case something pops so I know what I'm walking into uh, when I get into the office. It never shuts off. Back to the time I was a reporter, occasionally I would book a vacation and continue in that same pattern that I, I was, was guilty of when I wasn't on quote-unquote vacation. I'd be lying by the pool scrolling through press releases. Now, think about how sick that was. I'm not even in the state, same state as a microphone that can broadcast for this radio station. There is literally nothing I can do here. And when I get back, 98% of the stories that have come through are not going to be stories anymore. It's going to be, you know, it's a lot of, you know, there was a, a robbery here, a fire here. A city councilman said this. Uh, there was a ribbon cutting at, at this building. Most of it is stuff that's going to be active for maybe 24 hours and then it's going to move on. So there's no reason for me to be tracking that much. If there is some big story that pops up, we will be keeping a file on it that I can read and catch up on in 20 minutes the morning I get back and be ready to rock and roll. Fast forward a couple years to my first agency job and the sickness gets even worse. I would actually take my laptop with me when I go on vacation. So now it's not just, okay, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm, I'm showing the team that I'm tracking with them and I'm sending out ideas. I'm actually capable of working from anywhere. And I was working from anywhere. And I would take it under the guise of, oh, I'm, I just want to be connected, you know, in case there's a crisis and I, I, I can jump in and help the team. But I'd be responding to emails that weren't even close to urgent just to prove how hard I was working so people could see, oh, even when Colby's on vacation, he's responding to emails. Neither of these scenarios are really vacations. A vacation is when you step away from your office, you stop thinking about day-to-day -day work, and you rest, you recharge, you restore your enthusiasm and your energy. What I was doing and what many, many colleagues do was I was taking a very expensive break. Think about it this way. You know how you could be at work and then you decide you want to go to Starbucks down the block for a Frappuccino or maybe a latte or a muffin. I don't know. Whatever your Starbucks three o'clock treat is, whatever. And technically, you're away from your desk. You're not doing work, but you're not really unplugged. You're probably still thinking about the expense report you need to submit, your three o'clock meeting with accounting, that quarterly report you haven't started drafting. When you go away on vacation, but you don't fully set work down, it's just a really long, likely very expensive break. You're, you're just stepping away from your computer and going a very far distance, but you are still staying connected to the energy and the pace and the thinking of work. You're not allowing yourself to shut off and breathe. Breaks are nice, but they don't allow us to fully recharge the way that a vacation does because we aren't really stepping away from that work. So then the question becomes, okay... How do we take advantage of our vacation time? How can we find this opportunity to recharge and restore given the data that we talked about at the beginning of this uh, at the beginning of this podcast? Well, let me put it to you this way. Like I said, at the start of this podcast, I just took a vacation of my own. I didn't take my laptop. I didn't look at my work email once. I was completely unplugged. And I was able to do this because I follow a few basic rules that anyone can implement, whether you are a, you know, bottom rung entry level, you know, fresh out of school, new grad, or your middle management, or you're a CEO. 
These are basic rules anyone can implement to enjoy a full and successful vacation. Here they are. Step one, first observe your team. How do they approach vacation? Do you see colleagues who actually do go off the grid when they take vacation or is everyone always plugged in? At some of my companies that I've worked for, everyone has remained always plugged in whether they were, whether they were on vacation or not. And some, they have created separation when they're, when they're gone. This is baked into the culture of the company. If no one on your team is allowed to fully unplug, that is kind of a toxic culture that you may want to remove yourself from in the long term. Uh, you certainly are going to want to have a, a frank conversation with your manager about that. Now, the exception here, of course, I would say is startup culture um, or if you're an entrepreneur launching your own business where the expectation is you're going to hustle like a crazy person for three, five, maybe seven years until the business is up and running and really stable and then you can take your foot off the gas and, uh, and, and take some time. There are people who thrive in that environment, but make sure it's a conscious choice and not just, oh, all of my, my coworkers here want to prove how cool they are by working all the time. And so I feel like I have to be working all the time when I'm on a cruise to Mexico. Second step is to communicate. Uh, as I mentioned in, in the first one, uh, you know, as you observe the culture, uh, if you find that you're working for a company where kind of no one is unplugged, it's a good idea to sit down and have a conversation with your boss. Um, you know, say, hey, I, I've got this trip coming up. I, I want to make sure that we're going to be in a place where I can kind of unplug. I see other people here responding to emails and things like that. I really feel like I need some time to just kind of unplug. I want to make sure that that's not going to be an issue. And if it is, how can we work through it together? Um, when you clear your vacation dates with your boss, brick it out on your calendar and hold firm. Don't let anyone add anything on your calendar. And also make a note on your calendar for a couple of days before and a couple of days after you come back, just so that you make sure there aren't any major projects that are bearing down on you. And if there are, that you can in advance bring in teammates to help cover that and move it along while you're gone. As you get closer to those dates and assignments start filling in, make a point to flag to your team that you are going to be out for during that time frame. You don't want to bring it up every single time, but make your point that you are off the grid from June 18th to the 27th or whatever the dates are. Third step is to remind, send a reminder note the morning before you leave, which includes a rundown of the status of the projects that are on your plate and who is on point for what in your absence. This is a great roadmap for your team so everyone knows who to go to and who's responsible for what while you're gone. So there should be no need for them to come to you with any questions. Uh, you also want to include a way to reach you if something urgent comes up like your cell phone. Whenever I go out on vacation, I always tell my team, I'm not going to be looking at email, but I will have my phone. If you've got something urgent, the best thing to do is call and text. So that way, if I'm not somewhere I can pick up the phone, I can you know figure out what's going on and be plugged in. It gives them an immediate, easy lifeline to, to reach you. They don't have to call the hotel or page you somewhere. They can, they can get to you anytime they want for an emergency, but it also requires them to say, okay, is this really an emergency or is this something that could wait? Some of you may laugh about the whole, is it urgent or is it not urgent and who defines whether it's urgent or not, but I'm speaking from experience here. I actually had a boss, um, I was on paternity leave and I told people that I was going to be, you know, I'd glance at email and if there was something urgent, I'd get back to you, but the idea is for me to be bonding with my wife and my, my new daughter. And I actually had a, a boss, a supervisor, email me 
complaining that I wasn't responding to his messages about um, a media pitch that was like six or eight weeks off. Like there was absolutely plenty of time for me to get back to him when I when I got back in the office. Um, there was no there was no reason for that. So, but by putting the you know putting it in as a text message. It, it, and saying you've got to physically call me or, or text me. This isn't something you can just dash off on your computer. It puts a little bit more pressure on them. Uh, it's also a great leadership and management demonstration because it sets your boss at ease because he or she knows exactly who to go to with a question uh, when, when you go through your rundown of, of who's, on, who's on deck for what. And it publicly assigns ownership to key tasks. So if a ball gets dropped while you're away, it doesn't automatically reflect poorly on you. There, um, a company that I worked for called it the BOL, the butt online. It's who is who is who does the buck stop with uh, for this project at this current time? So if I'm offline and I'm not dealing with something, you know, Kelly or Joanne or Julia is responsible for it. So if something goes wrong, it's on them. Of course, before you send that email out, you have to ensure that you've sat down and, and talked with each of your colleagues, make sure that they're okay taking stuff on while you're away, that they understand all the different pieces, uh, what moving parts there are, and, and so forth. Step four is spy. Uh, and this is one that you're going to probably do more the first time or two you take vacation, um, but it's something that doesn't really hurt to do, uh, you know, at any time uh, in, in your career. And this is when you stay offline, but you're monitoring email if you can get reception. Like if you've got email on your phone, which most people do these days, um, this is good, again, for those those first couple times you're trying this process, just to make sure people are respecting your time away. Um, if something urgent comes up, but no one texts you or no one calls you, and you could be in a position where something you know really ugly could happen if you don't jump in, you have that opportunity to hop in. But if you if you don't need to, you really shouldn't. You should be kind of that fly on the wall, deal with it when you get back because you, you're trying to set the precedent here that when you say you're offline, you really are offline and these are the only channels you're going to be responding to. The fifth step is to plan for re-entry. Uh, one of the reasons I would check email while I was away was because I hated coming back to an inbox that had like 400 messages to sort. I always make a point when I book my vacation time to also chunk out the morning I return for that catch-up. I treat it like an immovable evening, uh, excuse me, an immovable meeting, uh, so I can slog through email, adjust my to-do list, and then by lunch that day, first day back, I feel ready to roll. Um, that's I, I also reserve that usually for like if I'm taking more than three or four days. Um, if I'm just taking a day off, I can get caught up pretty easily. But if I'm taking you know, three or four or five days or a whole week or something like that, then I need the, those, those few hours. Step six is to be a good example. Push your colleagues to do the same thing you want to do. Workplaces function best when employees support basic cultural principles. I've worked for companies where everyone tries to outdo each other for how plugged in they can be and everyone's fried all the time and it's really ugly. I've also worked for companies where team members work hard when they're on the clock, but they recognize the importance of time away and make sure not to pepper uh, their colleagues with questions and emails and texts when they're off on vacation, unless it's critical. If you need something, um, it's also a good idea if to demonstrate this to your colleagues on one way that you, you can approach this. Um, if you need something but it's not urgent, the first line of the email says, please wait to respond until you're back. Um, so that way they know, hey, this crossed my desk. I'm passing it along to you so that it's not in my inbox anymore, but it's not urgent. So please don't worry about this if you happen to look at email until you return. 
To wrap up here, vacations are not a luxury. They are not a privilege. They are a critical element to our mental health and our job performance. When you signed that employment contract, vacation was part of your compensation, just like your salary, just like your insurance, just like your 401k, if they have one. You would not give your employer 50 bucks back out of every paycheck. Why would you be willing then to sacrifice this critical benefit? It's something they have budgeted for you need to take advantage of it. Whether you are just launching into the professional world or you're trying to make a good impression at a new and a new career or in a, in a new company, do all you can do to resist that urge to be online while you're out of the office on personal time. Your mental health and your performance will thank me for it. And with that, we are done with episode seven. Episode eight will be coming at you before you know it. Um, as always, please make sure to subscribe to the show. Drop us a five-star review in iTunes. That's a big help in getting the word out to others who may need some advice on their own career path. Uh, would love if you'd give us a shout on social media. If you like what you're hearing, I'm at Colby Reed. C-O-L-B-Y-R-E-A-D-E over on Twitter. Uh, And of course, tell your friends to give us a listen. Uh, And with that, I'm Colby Reed, and we'll talk to you next time. 